It's the Matt Collins Show. It's the Matt Collins Show. Hey, hey, hey! Oh my God! It's been a while, friends. It's been a while. Hey, welcome to the Matt Collins Show. It's episode 12. 12 of the Matt Collins Show. 12 is such a great number. Uh, I know many of you were afraid we wouldn't get to this point after stalling at 11 uh, for more than a month, but here we are. I am back. Much has happened. Um, I just turned off the swamp cooler, uh, a.k.a. evaporative cooler, both of which, both uh, terms, are New Mexican for air conditioner. Um That's what we have on our house here. It's not refrigerated air. It's rather an evaporative cooler, which um, it it is uh, far more efficient than traditional air conditioning, refrigerated air conditioning. Uh, It doesn't cool quite as cold, uh, but it it cools uh, the the home to more than a comfortable temperature. There are times on a really hot day when it can actually get too cold uh, using the evaporative, a.k.a. swamp cooler. Uh, how it works is there's, there's a pump that pumps water onto these foam pads. Um, and it's like this, this box, it's like a cube and on, on four sides of it, on the four sides of, of the box are these pads that are moistened. And then, uh, a pump, uh, and then there's a fan that pumps air in from the outside through the moistened pads into the house. And then you crack your windows. And what happens is the, the, uh, the evaporation, um, of the hot air by the moistened air, or rather the evaporation of the moist air by the hot air, uh, creates like an energy, uh, equation that, uh, that results in a cooler temperature. Um, and then the hot air is basically pushed out of the house and replaced by the, the denser, cooler, moist air. It's something like that. Wow. This is what we talked about in the first two minutes of the episode. I'm hoping, uh, re, re, uh, gets, gets my audience back on my good, good terms with me, uh, and on good, on my good graces, or I'm back on their good graces. Woo! Woo! Uh, I need to work out my podcasting muscles, it seems, to get back on track, but there's no better way to do it than to just uh, sit here and talk, I guess. So I'm reminded I have to take off my hat because it has a tendency, my uh, Byron Amplification hat, byronamplification.com, uh, it has a tendency to bump into the microphone when I'm talking. Uh, so if, if uh, I noticed it bump the, uh, the mic cable just a little bit there. Whoo! Yeah, it's been really hot, which is why it's 1.39 p.m. and the swamp cooler has been on. I, the only reason I turned it off was so I could record this podcast and not have it uh, going off, going off, uh, making its sound in the background. Ours, thankfully, is not that loud. It's it's pretty unobtrusive, uh, frankly. Um, there are swamp coolers, though, that are, ah, they're just, they're such tricky beasts. They're not unlike tube amplifiers, Um you know, some of them are like really noisy and rattly and always have problems. Others are just like really smooth and work perfectly and sort of are the ideal of what a a, um, a swamp cooler, evaporative cooler should be. 
or how a tube amp should be. Uh, Speaking of which, uh, in the interim here, uh, since the last episode, episode 11, which was entitled Black Lives Matter, if you haven't listened to that yet, listen to it. That is an episode I recorded in early June um, with my thoughts and feelings about what was going on at the time and continues to go on, frankly. Um, And I'm going to be talking more about my thoughts about all all that stuff uh, in this episode and continuing on as, as I move forward indefinitely with the Matt Collick Show podcast. Uh, go ahead and listen to episode 11 if you haven't. Uh, that was the last episode. Today is, is uh, episode 12. So uh, what's been going on? I purchased a guitar amplifier, um, the Trainer YCV50 Blue. Uh, this one was made, as far as I can tell, in 2005. And it's uh, it's the same model, not the same exact one. But the same model of the amplifier I sold when I moved to New Mexico, the, the amplifier that I used in the band, uh, the No One Maybe game when I lived in Madison. I purchased it in 2008, sold it in 2012. I've been looking online every once in a while to, to see if there are any available. They discontinued the amplifier several years ago. Um I think back in like 2009 or 2010 or something like that. So when I sold mine, it had already been discontinued. And I regretted the sale. Um, I sold it to this uh, teenage girl um, who was like just starting guitar and wanted an amplifier. And wow, what an awesome amplifier for her, uh, for somebody just starting guitar. Um, Yeah, I think I sold it for like 350 bucks. Uh, This one I found on Reverb.com. It's a 2005. So the old one was a 2008. This one I found on Reverb is a 2005. A little banged up, but uh, I knew it was like a really, really like, heavily like heavily constructed uh, well-built amplifiers so like you know it was a little beat up in the pictures but uh, the seller said you know sounded great everything functions properly and yeah it's a little beat up it's fine it's it sounds it sounds like it's supposed to sound uh let's see yeah i've I've had it for a few weeks now i've been playing it with my shitty stratocaster uh more on that later too i'm getting some pickups installed in that as we speak as we speak as i speak um, so yeah, I've, I've got an amplifier. I'm going to be talking all about the gear in a bonus episode of the podcast, which will be on my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Matt Colick. You could subscribe at the $5 level to hear these bonus episodes. I believe there are two bonus episodes currently. Yes, two of the Matt Colick show that are only available for patrons at the $5 level. So I'm going to be recording a third bonus episode. Uh, that'll, that'll be out shortly, hopefully this week. Um, well, this week or next weekend, who knows, um, <laughs> talking all about my gear and all the developments that have been happening with uh, the equipment I'm using to make music. Um, it's it's uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, so so that's been happening. Uh, I deactivated my social media other than like YouTube. And uh, really what I want to focus on is YouTube and Twitch and this podcast and my email and my website. Uh, social media is just not working for me right now. Like, like Prince didn't have like you didn't hear him you you didn't see him tweeting he wasn't like posting like pictures of his like ordinary daily life on Instagram no that would have ruined the myth of Prince he understood that so uh, to the extent that there is a myth of Matt Colic and here I am just uh, you know just spouting out uh, of my of my mouth on this podcast everything that comes to my mind um, is is this myth making. Um, <laughs> woo, we're back. Um, 
Anyway, I deactivated my social media. I uh, deactivated Facebook. I I don't intend on ever getting back on Facebook. I don't see that happening. Uh, Surprise development the other day, I deactivated uh, Instagram. Uh, Ever since, like, the welcome screen started saying Instagram from Facebook, like, it was just, like, just a reminder that, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, part of this ecosystem. Uh, There's, like, a... 50% 50% likelihood I'll bring back Instagram. Like I, I kind of miss it already. And it's cool to have that platform to be able to, to post images. And um, it's a cool ecosystem. I like the people I follow there. Um, there's a lot to, uh, you know, there's a, there, there's a lot to learn there. There are a lot of uh, cool artists over there. Uh, musicians like using the platform now to express themselves now that it's, you know, we're still under quarantine or ought to be still under quarantine, uh, all that. So, so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Twitter. I also deactivated Twitter. I've been on Twitter since 2008, I believe, uh, perhaps uh, maybe 2009. It's been, yeah, a long time. And I, I feel like I'm 90% sure I'll be bringing back Twitter. It's just like, it feels like it's a part of my DNA, but I just need a break from that shit, man. So um, I don't know how I'm going to promote this episode. I'm be, I'd be interested in knowing how you heard about this episode or where you saw it promoted. Uh, if you're not a subscriber and uh, didn't just get it automatically in your feed. Uh, I hope you've been well. Uh, send me an email. Let me know how the, the last month has been going for you. I'd really uh, love to hear about it. Um, the reason why there's been such a break, well, for one, Black Lives Matter, like I, I needed to kind of step back and think about things and how I wanted to move forward with this platform and this podcast, given that it's it's just, it's kind of a silly thing. I, I like being silly and being a little frivolous and being like woo-woo and like like talking about the real issues is is not really my thing. I don't know why anybody would listen to a podcast with me talking about the real issues because that's just not the wavelength I operate on uh, for, for the most part, although I am a human being here in the third dimension uh, with, you know, bills to pay and shit. And I do operate somewhat successfully at that level too, but it's not like, that's not where my, uh, any, I don't, I don't have any like wisdom to share or any insights to share that, that ultimately come from that level of, of being. Um, I hope this makes sense if it doesn't. Um, Hey, welcome. (laughs) Um, lots of podcasts out there. This is one of them and, and this is how this one is. Uh, yeah. So anyway, where the hell was I going? So this last month, oh yeah, yeah. So this podcast is is kind of all about that stuff, not really talking about the issues, and yet, and, and so it felt like inappropriate for me to just be out there talking about my dumb shit and not stepping back and doing a little learning and doing a little listening and um, seating space for in the in the in the in the in the in the world of like communications and content to uh, for messages that are uh, a little more relevant and continue to be relevant even though I'm back with this podcast um so yeah today I'm going to talk about all the shit I I I kind of thought about and all the conclusions I came to about how to move forward in a way that's um that recognizes my white privilege um that recognizes that um, the the systems that exist in the industry I'm trying to be successful in, uh, those systems are like 
almost always directly opposed to uh, having black people become more powerful. Um so given all of that, like how, how do I go forward? Um, if I'm a person who's against that, who wants to have success um, in ostensibly that that system, like, do I really want to have success in, in that system? Do we think about creating a new system? Shit like that. Um, that that's 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 what I want to talk about a little bit today. Ah, talking about events, picking up where the last one kind of left off where I'm at. Um yeah, so so uh, I'm going to take a little break now, and I'm going to talk about how I plan to move forward uh, with my career as a, like a podcaster, as a musician, um, as like a, a public person, as a person who's trying to gain power and influence and control, and to like like live in my brightest light. How do I do that in a way that's uh, that is not like just perpetuating my privilege and perpetuating uh, systemic racism and um, yeah, that, all that kind of stuff. I, I've got, I've got many notes. And so I, I stick around. You'll hear about that um, in the next segment. That'll, that'll be the main part of the episode. So, Hey, thanks for being back guys. It is now 1 PM on Monday, July 6th. Oh, today is my brother, John's birthday. Uh, John passed away. Uh, he would have been 63 today. His, the last birthday he celebrated was his 53rd birthday back in 2010. He passed away in January of 2011. So, Hey, Happy birthday, John. Miss you a lot. Miss you a lot. But uh, it's also cool that you're 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 still here so strongly. Um, okay, thanks guys for being here. I'll be back. Okay. All right. All right. Um, one thing I'd really like to do is record some, uh, some new bumpers, some new music for the, uh, in between segments for the interstitials for the, uh, to, to go between the, the, the bumper music. Um, I've got like five, five of them, one of which you just heard, uh, which, uh, the, the magic, uh, time distortion shit that happens with podcasts, um, time displacement stuff that happens with podcasts. I have not selected that music yet, uh, but you have heard it. Wow. I wonder which one I, I selected for that break. Anyway, yeah, there's. I, I think I did five of them and like four of them I'm happy with, uh, but one of those is like kind of on the fence. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll record some more of those. Uh, now I have some time. Oh yeah, I don't think I talked about the day job thing where I was writing the book. Uh, that's, that's all done. I wrote the draft. It's done. I'm going to do some edits and like some minor revisions, but that is like, I don't give a shit. That's, that's fine. I can bang those out and it's no big deal. So that is the other thing. That is the other reason why I had to take a break, um, from the podcast. Woo. So God damn, that feels good. I still need to like recover from, from that and get back to like who I am and what I'm trying to do as like the, the star child, golden, golden, uh, 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 ephemeral magic, special, um, like universal cosmic being musical podcasting person, uh, individual entity I'm trying to be, um, like I can't be what I'm trying to be. I don't think I, I haven't figured it out yet. Anyway, I can't be that when I'm like working on like day job stuff, trying to be like productive. Like I want to be creative, not productive. Um, 
Boy, that's one of the thing that, things that's really been highlighted here in quarantine and in this pandemic, like now that the world has shifted, um, it seems to be kind of shifting back to some kind of normal with people going out and not wearing masks and like just stuff happening and capitalism still chugging ahead. Anyway, day job stuff. Um, it's really, really, it, it's like, it requires me to be productive rather than creative. Um, I want to be creative. That's how I'm going to like be what I'm going to become. That's how I'm going to achieve what I'm supposed to achieve. That's how I'm going to live in my power. Um, and like live up to my potential and do what I'm supposed to do here. Um, I want power and influence. Um, that's, that's really what I want. I see big things for myself, but, um, it's important to stand in power with black artists as well. Um, like, so as I think about moving forward, it's, it's, I have to be a little, well, not a little, but I have to be less selfish. I have to like, as I think about what's good for me, I have to think about, well, what's good for the whole, what's good for people who are, who come from uh, like black culture, who are black people and uh, like women also, uh, people of color, people in the underclass, uh, people like music from the street, basically from the street level, uh, from like the, not, not the upper echelons of society, which is like the dominant, um, that's, that's the music you're most likely to hear in culture is the music that comes from the down, uh, from, uh, from the top down, from the upper echelon, um, energetically, economically, it doesn't represent, um, like street level, uh, which is like a term I just heard. I, I don't know what I would have called it if I hadn't heard Rick Rubin talk about it uh, today on a podcast when he was talking about like how, when he was coming up, he was interested in music, as he says, that came from the street level, which was, um, as, as you probably know, he was the co-founder with Russell Simmons of Def Jam Records. Um, his background was punk rock and hip hop. Like that was the music he was interested in music from the street level, which is, you don't get a lot of that today. Those uh, like those genres still certainly exist, but um, they aren't really they don't really represent like the people so much uh, because like the industry is dominated by white gatekeepers. Um, the the lawyers, the industry professionals, the managers who make up teams that work with executives at record companies who are also uh, rich white males like the industry has changed so much and so much has become possible. And certainly a lot of people we wouldn't have heard, we would not have heard of otherwise uh, have become successful and prominent even uh, because of the new landscape, because anything is really possible. But like, it's the same gatekeepers, it's new gates, same gatekeepers. And those gatekeepers are predominantly uh, rich, white males. <laughs> How about that? Um, and yes, like it's, like we celebrate it when black artists become successful um, in that system, but it's like it's not it's it's not like perfect though. It's not perfect. It's like it's awesome that Beyonce is considered like a a like 
an absolute, like one of the all time, all time, like greats. Like she's a superstar of the highest order. Um, and she's a black woman. Uh, it, like, like certainly we've had like famous black women and notable black women, like singers and musical artists before. But I think like the industry has changed to the point where like a person like Beyonce can become like the top. Um, and yet it's still the same industry that predominantly, um, just like in the NFL, um, uh, predominantly, although it's like made up of black artists and, and the black artists are the ones who are generating all of the interest, all the attention and all the profits, uh, it's rich white property owning males, <laughs> who actually profit the most and um, benefit the most from uh, those artists getting to the top of the heap in that system, in that industry. So all that being said, I have to think about like, it's really attractive to kind of get into that flow of that industry. And like, I could market myself in a way that where I position myself to be uh, successful in that industry, in that machine, in that model. Um, but I don't want to do that. Um, I'm thinking more and more about like, do I really want to license my music for film and television and just say, fuck it. I'll take your money, Walmart. I'll take your money, like Chase Bank or Bank of America or whatever awful corporation. Um, I need to think about that more because that's part of that system I was just talking about. Um, I think it's more important to create a new system where we are directly involving ourselves with the fans. Like the Patreon model is really the way I want to go. 1,000 true fans, like no more celebrities, no more celebrities. Uh, maybe there's like fame to be had and maybe there's like notoriety to be had, but celebrities where like it goes beyond like the music where it's, where it's about what I think of, of things, um, which is, uh, well, I mean, like where, where that's a thing like people need to know about and be informed about, uh, without them choosing to seek it out themselves, um, like celebrity, celebrity culture that I feel like that's, that's detrimental to what I think could be had if we had another system, one that actually puts black artists in power and puts black people in power over the industry, which is not how it happens now. So it's not about more representation in an industry that ultimately benefits rich white males. Um, it's about creating a new industry. It's about empowering people uh, to create on their own without the help of getting signed by a label or a publishing deal or whatever. Um, and of course, black artists are really innovating at a high level. They are like, they don't necessarily need my help when it comes to this because they're already innovating because they have to. Um, like SoundCloud art artists on rap, just putting out like content constantly and, and just like, like innovating new ways to just say, fuck the system, fuck the white males in charge. I'm just putting my stuff out. Like I believe in myself. I know people believe in me. I'm just fucking putting it out. 
Um, so it's already happening. Like, I'm not here to say I'm inventing a new system of music where black artists can achieve. No, I, I feel like it's already happening. Um, so, um, and I don't want to be ignorant of that fact and, and say, like, look at me, white savior, who's going to create this new system. Um, but also, like, I can't, like, entryism my way into those systems either as a white artist. Um, and yet I want to have power and influence. So um, these are all the things that are kind of on my mind. Um, switching gears just a little bit, like the one time I had control over an event and how it went, uh, it was a couple, gosh, was it two springs ago or one year ago? It was like April of, I think it was April of 2019. Um, I was put in charge of at, at a local brewery here in Albuquerque, New Mexico, of a songwriter, singer-songwriter festival, which um, was like, oh, cool. Um, I had played some shows at this place, and like when I was talking to the person, uh, emailing back and forth about potential future gigs and, and what we could do to get people through the door, uh, they suggested doing a songwriter festival and or songwriter showcase or, or what have you. So, which is kind of a big thing in Albuquerque. And it happens to be like a lot of, think about it. What, what do you think of <laughs> when you, when you, uh, when you hear the words singer songwriter showcase, do you think of like, a, like, like people of color and like, uh, people playing anything other than like James Taylor or like Joni Mitchell, like type of folk music? Probably not. So it was really important for me to make it something different. Um, but also like important, but also like obvious, like obviously this is what I'm going to do because like, I'm sick of seeing like these dumbass lineups that are just, here's a white guy, here's another white guy, followed by a different white guy, uh, which, and they all might, like, here I am, a white guy saying this, um, and, you know, like, they're, they're all great artists, and, like, you know, they're all based on their their talent and their dedication and passion and and uh, their um, the way they approach the music and how they actually sound and, like, the, like their not talent, but, um, uh, their, their, um, their, their level of excellence as, as musicians. Yes, they deserve to be there, but do we need to have them all on the same bill? Um, no. So it's, it's fucking boring. It's like dumb. Who wants to hear that? Um, like I want to, <laughs> I want to hear different artists, uh, from different experiences, uh, with different influences being brought to the table, brought to the stage, um, and like different approaches. And, and that means bringing in like women and people of color to these events. So the one time I was put in charge of an event where I got to make decisions like that, who was put on the bill, I was the one guy, a uh, one white guy on the bill. Um, and I played first and, um, like I, I got to play my music and like I got to put on the show and curate it, um, which was great. Um, but then it was important to like let let our other artists, uh, women and people of color, get on the stage and uh, do their thing. Like that was, um, and it was fucking awesome because not because it was a showcase for women and people of color, but it was because it was just like the way a show should be. Um, it <laughs> you know. Um, 
And so all this stuff is like, ooh, but it's going to hurt the people we we love in music and the system that creates these artists that we love. And it's like, no, they're going to be fine. Like, we're actually going to be better off creating a system where it's more egalitarian, where where the, the like, younger artists who are trying to make it and who aren't backed by these fucking machines and these teams that cost money and fucking lawyers and managers, like... The reason you hear artists at all is because they have these teams behind them. Um, and that's and those teams, like I keep saying, are made up of like white, like powerful, connected white people, wealthy white people. Um, and so like these people help each other out and they help other white people out. And if they can see like potential in a black artist, like that's great. And black artists can become successful that way. But ultimately, it's in a system, again, that benefits these gatekeepers and teams of white people. Um so I see this new industry as being one where it's just like the like an idea the idea of having like young old women and people of color on like a festival is just like normal because like those are the people who are actually making music and they're all making music at a high level. You don't have to be like ambitious and connected and have money to be able to make music at a high level. Um, you can be fucking nobody and like have something in you that connects with the universe in a way that people need to fucking hear, but they won't hear it because of this system. So, whew. I am like right now I'm like at nobody status, um, but I'm becoming somebody um, and I'm, I'm trying to build something with my career and like build like a new way for music to be conveyed to people and for the people that create that music to be compensated or to be able to live their lives comfortably in a way that doesn't require them to like take shitty jobs or like live life on the edge because like there's no money in music because all the fucking white people are taking it. And I think that involves more of like the direct model. Um, and I'm still thinking of it. Um, and I know, like I said, black artists are already thinking of it. Um, and so I want to learn more about what's going on with that, um, how I can help those efforts and how I can like, like, give rise to an industry where I can like succeed in like where it's not about becoming celebrities. Uh, it's about like benefiting the people who actually like do the work. And it's about like standing in power with black artists and black, like, uh, like if there are record labels, then black record label uh, owners, uh, black producers and engineers, uh, black publicists, uh, black managers, um, these are the people like we need to have in in those positions in this in this new in this new model. If those positions even exist, whatever the positions of power and influence are, they need to be uh, held largely by black people. Um, yeah, I want to dismantle uh, the system. I'm just kind of going over my notes here. I've been sort of freestyling here, um, riffing, and and now I'm kind of going to go over my notes for this 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 segment here. Um, so uh, what, what am I going to do? Okay, yeah, th this is what I wanted to get on track with. How am I moving forward? Okay, um, if I'm becoming somebody, I, uh, one thing I can do is like if there's a festival that I'm a part of or like whatever lineup, if there are black artists, I, I cannot be the headliner. 
Um, I think it's a good idea to not be the headliner at events uh, where there are multiple artists. Um, let's see here. I, I want black artists to be contributors to my music and my band and, and uh, what I'm doing with other musicians. I want to work with black engineers and producers. Um, I want to create a world where black contributors are more prominent. Um, there are a lot of white people <laughs> who perform on records by prominent black artists uh, because those records exist within the dominant model I've been talking about, which is run by teams of white people who all scratch each other's backs. Um, Beyonce, amazing artist, but also like there are so many white people who benefit from her music because she's part of this fucking system. Um and like, I, 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 I love that she is like this amazing generational, all like, like of all human history, aspirational figure, but also she's part of a system that really benefits the same old fucking rich assholes, the rich white assholes more than it benefits her. Um, it's complicated. It, it really is. It's, it's all those things. Um, yeah, it's the you know it's the same system. Uh, there's streaming now, like streaming. There's like all this access for artists to to get their stuff heard and and viewed online. But it's the same powerful assholes. It's the same gatekeepers at different gates. Um, so I want to like examine that more and do what I can to like contribute to systems that are alternatives to that and ultimately overthrow that dominant system. Uh, I want to be more open to being a side person, uh, like standing in the shadows, not always being the front person. How can I, I've been so focused on being Matt Colick and, and putting my music out. And that's still very important to me is expressing myself and the, all those songs I'm, I've written and continue to write. Um, like, but how can I contribute to other artists? How can I, like, I'm really good at playing guitar. Like, I'm a pretty good singer. Like, I, I know some things about, like, composition and arrangement and, and shit like that. And, like, uh, are there black artists who are, like, trying to get their, their stuff realized? What are their gifts that can be benefited by my gifts that help them a a achieve their power? Um, using my guitar, songwriting, production skill, you know, all that shit. Um if, if, if needed, like how can I lend a hand without, in addition to like being Matt Colick, being in my own power, how can I help other artists uh, stand in their power um, and, and learn from them, learn from them, like continue to learn from them. Um, I just don't want anything to do with the dominant model slash machine of music the, the way it is. Like it, it's so complicated and so thorny and it's like capitalism. So much of it has been like you can't help but operate in it because so much of it has been inflicted upon us. Like there, there are people who 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 complain about anti-capitalists saying that we like or, or socialists saying that we use. We use the tools of capitalism to try to take apart capitalism. How foolish. Um, isn't that stupid? But it's like, no, you can't fucking help it because that's, it's like, it's like the water that we're all swimming in. There's, there's no other environment. And the music industry is, is sort of in, intertwined with capitalism in, in, in big ways. So it's hard to not operate in the dominant system, um, so it's it, that being said, it's important to always examine like what what choices 
I'm making, I, I, I'm speaking I statements, it's important for me to examine what choices I'm making moving forward that, that don't like like participate in that dominant system um, that actually like it might be a choice that doesn't benefit me as much in the short term or doesn't benefit me as much uh, necessarily financially, but it is a choice that benefits the dismantling of the old system and puts me in a position to benefit from from this new system, which ultimately I believe will will serve me and everyone better off. Um, like I keep saying, uh, black people are most likely going to be the innovators of whatever this movement turns out to be. And that's, you know, the way it's always been. I want to support that. Um, let's see here. Uh, you can support this movement and, and this is something I need to do too more, um, Check out artists who are not the household names. Get out of celebrity culture into real culture. Uh, support music that is not connected to celebrity culture. Uh, fucking billionaires. Uh, follow, uh, even though I deactivated social media, I've been getting a lot out of following the artist No Name on social media. She's a black artist. Uh, she's like, she's um, she's amazing. Uh, her music's amazing, but, but like, She's she has a, a lot to say um, and she's opened my eyes to like a, a lot of this this industry stuff um, that I'm talking about today. So like follow her and learn from her like like I've been doing. Uh, fuck the billionaires. Uh, celebrity musicians are actually poison. I love a lot of them and it's not their fault that they're celebrities. They, they just like have been like that's the wave that they they caught and like they're talented people and, and they're deserving of whatever success they have. Uh but they're also poison for people who have less uh, privilege. Um, that's that's just how it is. There's also the aspect of so much of the shit I have, the stuff I have, uh, it does not belong to me. So much of the stuff we all have. So it's important to like give it back, like in a literal sense, uh, give money back to black or give money to Black Lives Matter. Um or like local organizations that are doing good work. That's what uh, my partner, Annie Sanchez of Mariposa Strategies, mariposastrategies.com, uh, that's what she suggests. And she she works um, in this area specifically uh, with people of color. So uh, she knows what she's talking about with this. Um, I learn a lot from her. So give money to Black Lives Matter or like local chapters of Black Lives Matter specifically or local organizations that maybe you don't know about yet uh, who are who are doing good work. Um, with this podcast, something, and, and this is, again, I keep talking about, I'm not pr being prescriptive here. I'm just talking about, uh, I should use more I statements. Um, <laughs> I need to give money to Black Lives Matter, local organizations moving forward. This is something I can do as I, as I gain my power. It's because it's, uh, as I said, there's a lot of stuff I have that's not mine. Uh, and we all, it's, if you're a white person, you have stuff that's not yours. Because, and it's not your fault. I'm not saying that's your fault. It, that's just, that's the way it is. And so you give it back. Um, with this podcast, I want to, I, I don't know when the next interview is going to be, but as I think about interviews, I want to discuss this stuff more. Um, I want to obviously keep the format and feel of the show. That's important. Um, but as I have guests, I want to be mindful of not just booking white guys so I can talk about 
stuff with other white guys who have had similar experiences and then we can agree. And then other white guys who listen can nod their heads and say, oh yeah, it is like that. Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't want to, I just, um, I'm, I'm, as I say that I'm, I'm thinking, I really do want to have my friend Byron on the podcast, but that that's, I, I think that'll be a, a useful conversation to have, but, uh, but I think we will talk about this st- stuff too, because I don't want to not talk about this stuff. Even if I have a white guest, I want to, I wanted to, I want to challenge us to maybe not, um, just, just bat, just hit the tennis ball back and forth. Uh, the tennis ball being shit we agree on, um, stuff like that. Um, who knows when I'm actually going to have a guest though. I'm just going to probably keep doing this. This is what Annie wants me to keep doing <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, let's see what else do we have here? Oh, another thing I want to do, uh, black artists can go ahead and sample my music at will free of charge. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, that assumes that my music will be worth sampling in any way. Uh, so that, that, that also like, it, it makes me want to make music. That's so cool that black artists want to sample it. Um, which it will help my music. Uh, there's no charge. Uh, if you're a black artist, go ahead and sample my music free of charge. Uh, white artists, if you're a white artist, you need uh, permission um, and and you will need to pay. You will we'll need to work out some arrangement where I receive money uh, so I can donate it to Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter? No, I believe the organization and the movement is called Black Lives Matter, Matt. Ah, yeah. What else here? Uh, yeah, just going through the, the notes I have here. As I think of advancing my career, how do I do it in a way that is inclusive of other artists that doesn't keep other artists down? These are just things I need to think of as I move forward. Ooh. Wow. Wow. We burp. We burp on the Matt Colick show. I, I, I hope that was far enough off mic to not be uh, as disgusting as, as it could be. Whatever. Hey, that's that's the Matt Colick show, friends. So um, I, I stick around because I'm, I'm, I'm I hope I hope in spite of the burp. You hear the rest of what I have to say, which is that as I think of advancing my career, how do I do it in a way that is inclusive of other other artists uh, that doesn't keep artists down, other artists down, that actually creates space for other artists, black artists specifically. So the question to ask myself is not whether it's right for me, but whether it creates a better system for music to exist in and be heard through for everyone. Um, big thing. I think uh, this doesn't have to do with music specifically. It's to, um, and this is huge. I I think this is really important for white people. And it's something I struggle with because I fucking hate conflict so much. It's, it's really hard for me on, but I I don't think I get to use that as an excuse anymore. It's really hard for me to, um, to speak out, um, this, but it's what I need to do. What I need to do moving forward is to speak out among other white people when they say and or do stupid shit. I have sat by way too many times without saying or doing anything in the presence of some racist ass shit. People saying the N word uh, is just one example. Um, people keep doing it because there is absolutely no friction preventing them from doing it. Um, it's easier for their fucking lazy snowflake white privileged asses uh, under the, their, their tough guy patinas to just keep being racist, make it harder for them. Um, that's what we need to do is make it harder for them. So that's hopefully 
um, what I will do better at, I'm going to try. That is, that is like, that could be the sort of the number one thing as I move my career forward, as I move my life forward, um, like what do I have control over? Who do I have influence over? Um, it's important for me to not just like say, but the vibe, man, don't, don't kill the buzz. Don't kill the vibe. Uh, when there's racist shit going down, I need to say shit. I need to say something. Uh, so I invite other white people to do the same. I think that's very important. So yeah, that's, uh, those are, are my thoughts on moving forward. Um, uh, I think that's, uh, I think that's about all I have today. Um, I'm going to take a little break, come back. I'm going to tell you about what you can expect uh, moving forward uh, in the next uh, couple episodes of the Matt Collick Show podcast, okay? All right, stick around. I'll be right back. Okay. 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 I wonder what bumper music I used there. Ah, you know, this was going to be, uh, I was going to have a whole other segment today on like going more into this stuff and, and, and how black culture has influenced me, has influenced us all. In fact, has, has like black culture is kind of the, the water we're all swimming in. If we're, if we're artists and especially musical artists, um, so I had a lot to say about that, but I recognize that I'm already like past 40 minutes, uh, in this episode. So I think what I'm going to do, um, is create episode 13 out of, uh, this, uh, this next set of notes. And that'll be later this week. In addition, in addition to the bonus, <laughs> bonus, the bonus episode, <laughs> In addition to the bonus episode I had promised or I, I am promising for my patrons over on Patreon. So uh, later this week, the Matt Collick Show continues with episode 13. Fingers crossed. Uh, maybe that'll come out on eh, who knows when that'll come out. I'm going on vacation this week, too. But uh, maybe Friday or Saturday. I think Friday or Saturday is when the uh, the bonus episode will come out as well. So you have that to look forward to. Um, in the meantime, this has been episode 12. Um, I really hope you dug it. I, I hope what I'm saying made sense and, and resonated. Um, and I, I recognize that there's still a lot for me to learn. I am a white person after all. I, um, <laughs> you know, I grew up a white person in a white family, in a white, in, in white culture and in, in, in a white part of the world. Um, and so, and, and, and that's what formed me, um, so there's still a lot to learn. There's a lot to explore. Um, and I, 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 hopefully I didn't, I didn't say anything stupid, um, in this episode, but I, I, I recognize that I talked a lot and I talked a lot about race and I'm a white guy talking a lot about race. So I probably did say something stupid and I look forward to, to learning about why that was stupid so I can like share that with you and, uh, the next time. Yeah. So, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's what's happening. Um, things, things, things are pretty good around here. The weekend was a little bumpy. It was 4th of July weekend, uh, like just coming off this day job project and trying to get back to like the flow of like wearing my jumpsuits and being a groovy motherfucker again. Um, 
it's been rough and uh but but re-entry like the come up is always rough we we know that from our psychedelic experiences don't we friends Ah, so yeah, there's a lot to look forward to from the Matt Collick show. There's a lot of music to look forward to. Uh, I'm, I'm like getting right back into it. I'm like working on some new music. Oh, that's another thing I'm actually doing uh, with my album Microorganism. I think I'm going to switch out one of the songs for a new one I'm writing that is a little more relevant to what's happening these days. So I'm, I'm working on that and getting back into recording and mixing so I can still put out two albums this year. Uh my first album was planned. I was planning to put out my first album on July 3rd this year. Um, then coronavirus hit. And then I thought, Ooh, I'm going to put out an EP, uh, like in April on 420. Uh, that didn't happen, but the concept is still alive. That's microorganism. Uh, we're now past July 3rd. So I still want to do those two projects, the the seven song album. So it's a little more than an EP. It'll be a proper album, though a really short one, um, track track count wise. Um, that'll, that'll come out as soon as I can put it out. And then the other album, like it'll just be an assembly line here. Um, yeah, so stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for more episodes of the podcast. Uh, join me on Patreon. I am no longer really on social media. Uh, find me on YouTube, though. I'm, I'm going to try to do more stuff on YouTube. Um, I'm going to try to build a presence on Twitch as well. So find me on Twitch and YouTube. Uh, go to mattcolic.com, which is the main hub of everything that happens in my world. Uh, that's where the blog is. That's where if I'm having a show, that's where it will be posted. Um, that's, that's, that's where everything like lives. Uh, that's the home for everything. Uh, mattcolic.com. And then Patreon is patreon.com forward slash mattcolic. The bonus episodes of the show can be found there. There are two of them already. And a third one will come out later this week. Um, and I keep saying I'm going to put out more content for my patrons and I keep really, really meaning it. And so I've said it again. And so I have fuel now to to fuel um, to to feed the Patreon 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 fire, guys. This has been great. I love that you're here with me. Um, yeah, that that's all I have to say. Uh, I thank you for being here. Thanks for sticking sticking through the break. I know there's a thing called Pod Fade where it's like somebody launches a podcast and like, will they make it to 20 episodes or will they Pod Fade before 20 episodes? That's kind of the 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 mark. And ooh boy, I almost got caught in in the riptide in the undertow of the of Pod Fade. But I think I'm back. I've got 12 now, 14 if you count the bonus. <clears throat> Ooh, yeah. No edits today. No edits today. 14 if you count the bonus episodes um, and many more to come. I'm going to get past 20 before you know it. Um, So, yeah, guys, I love you. Thank you for being here. The Matt Collick Show continues on. Uh, Stick around for the next episode. I love you. Um, Stay cool. Uh, Be good. Black Lives Matter. Shine on.